Firefox. Set animals the fuck on fire. Hello, and welcome to the John's Cast, the number one podcast about John's. I'm Zachary. I'm Benjamin, and I feel like our intro is different every time, but maybe that's good. Yeah, we want to keep our loyal listeners on their toes. Uh, You probably haven't realized, but there's actually an alternate reality game that's built out of the subtle differences in the way we do introductions. I think they pretty well know. I mean, why do you think... I think the alternate reality intro is about to be our new hit segment, is my guess. (laughs) Especially after you just leaked these deets. You know, maybe you need a couple more downloads. I I hear rumors that uh, if you um, download enough times, sometimes you get a slightly different intro that has secrets in it. Um, So just go wild on iTunes. I mean... Yeah, but but you have to listen to the podcast through an ultrasound electroencephalocardiopod, Graham. Stop spoiling one of the secret intros. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's open up with some John's news. It's been a big week in John's news. Uh, today's John's news was submitted by. Uh, uh, speaking of, uh, could you submit some of the that John's news to me presently? <laughs> <laughs> we're prof- real professional guys. We uh, we're doing it live. Uh, we, yeah, if you didn't notice, all John's casts are live. That's yeah. also why they're different when you download them different times. Is we actually re-record the whole podcast. Um, Every time you listen to it. Yeah. By the way, hi, Bill. How are the kids? How's your back? Bad? Sorry. Mine's not great either. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you if you don't have your third headphone plugged in right now, um, that might have been a little weird because we went ahead and split Bill uh, into the third the third uh, stereo, I guess, triscopic audio channel there. <laughs> and... Uh, I know not everybody has their uh, their nasal bud yet, but uh, you guys should get one of those. Yeah, they're selling some killer ogs back behind the uh, the warehouse. <laughs> Got it. I know one thing, man. I'm getting me some ogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of ogs, uh, this is from Yahoo News, submitted by my darling wife. Uh, and the headline is... Oh, man, your wife, your wife, uh, we need to find out if she's, like, good with the naming policy, because, like, uh, if she's fine with her name being in here, it's like, she and Rami have become, like, repeat uh, scoop finders. Like, them and Jerome, like, I feel like deserve some credits by name, you know, when they come up, if they're into it. That's uh, true. Well, I am all edited in and post if she's okay with it. <laughs> my wife's name is Tamar. That was my wife's name. <laughs> Man, it's a good name too. Yeah. Sure, sure like that name. Yeah. It is a good name. Yeah, it is a good. It's it's the best, I think. Um, all right, it's certainly the best name for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, this is from Yahoo Style. 
Uh, and the headline is Top Shop's Clear Plastic Jeans Are Here. And it's a picture of a woman who's looking very stern with her arms crossed. She's wearing a t-shirt that says 1990. She's wearing underwear and a pair of plastic leggings. <laughs> Some might call them jeans. Um, we here at the John's cast, as Zach just explained, are professionals. And Zach immediately knew the facts here. These are not fucking jeans. These are not jeans at all. Uh, but here's an interesting point, Benjamin. To uh, to have proper jeans, can they be made of synthetic material? Like, I don't even know what denim is, really. Uh, I do. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, denim is made out of cotton. Denim is a fabric made of cotton woven in a special way to be very tough. Um, on one side basically, and very, uh, pretty stretchable, very durable. Um, it's meant for work wear. Um, okay. It was, uh, it was like, I think Italian sailors in like the 19th century who started dyeing it blue and that became a real fad. But denim even before then was like super common for, um, like what we would now call very blue collar. Like, uh, laboring positions, oh. like, all over Europe and the U.S. Um, and so it's made out of cotton, because that's what they had a lot of then, uh, because of slavery. And, uh, the cotton gin, those two combined really, uh, really did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make it into really, really, like, nice, tough workwear. Uh, so it's originally an all-natural cloth, and... But if you have stretchy pants, you'll notice that that stretch is not a feature of cotton. Um, at least not of denim, because it's woven the way it is. Uh, so that is synthetic part in there. And often it's a very, very small percentage. You know, okay. like you wear some like painted on black johns, probably like 3% spandex or something. Okay. Well, so in this case, they, uh, this is probably 100% spandex. I don't know how you could make cotton look like that. I don't think you could. It would be, a, like, if these were made of cotton, I would say these are jeans, like, mm-hmm. despite the fact they're clear. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my favorite part I, is, yeah, go ahead. Like, this looks like it's made out of a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, on the plus side, I bet it's great in the rain. I was supposed to think, like, <laughs> it looks like, I can't imagine, well, I can, but this would be one of the worst things you could possibly, like, exercise in, I feel like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine with, like, the summer heat just running around in these, like, you know, you're sweating them up. They're fogging up from your sweat as you're exercising. <laughs> Everybody can, like, see your chafing happening, like, live through your through your pants. And, like, as you're, as you're, you know, like, your boxers get kind of, like, bunched up in your ass when you're, like, lifting or something. Like, just everybody sees it. <laughs> Until it fogs up enough that, uh, then just, you know, your, like, butt makes prints on it. Mm-hmm. And your knees. Well, you know, if uh, if you're a big free culture person and you're really into open open source crotches, these are the oh. these are the Johns you yeah. wear. Yeah. 
or customizable crotches. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. If you have a cool crotch hog that you want to show people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, crotch hogs do not come up enough in, uh, <laughs> in Deus Ex. No. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know it's there behind the scenes. Uh, so, so personally, I really like the big white fly. <laughs> well, that's the that's the modest part of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's so you know. Yep, there's a fly here. Here you go. He can take these off if you want. So, could you instead interpret these as being? Is this just a way to subvert? high school dress code and still show everybody your underwear? Is this what this is? Uh, I think it might be. Like, or is it to keep your legs dry in the rain? <laughs> <laughs> or it's it's the only socially acceptable way to show off your sweetheart boxers. Well, that's what I think. It's like, no, it's not. Oh. Because you could just <laughs> sag your pants a little. Oh, that's like there's true. actually a number of like pretty acceptable ways to like incorporate your boxers or like you know thong or any kind of underwear into and like people actually did very very commonly like during our youth. That's true. Like, like you could, it, it crossed like a number of like social groups as well because like you could be like a guy who's really into skateboards mm-hmm. or like a guy who's really into DMX. Yeah. In- or, like, a girl who's, like, really into, I don't know, like, early texting on a Razor phone um, <laughs> and, and like, matching her thong to uh, her, her earrings. Yeah. You know what we used to say? It's hard to fit a skateboard in your pants if they're pulled all the way up. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta always leave, you know, like, when you're hugging somebody, you leave room for Jesus. When you're putting your pants on, you leave room for your board. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> exactly. Alright, and, uh, and so another thing that I wanted to comment about is that a couple of weeks ago, you might remember John's cast classic, the jeans with the gross plastic holes cut out of the <laughs> Yeah. Jeans. And, uh, These actually look less bad, I think, to me. Yeah, which is astonishing, because, like, this is from the same designer, and I'm sure... This, is... Of... <laughs> yeah. this is from the same designer? Yeah, and I'm sure... A lot Those of other people... ones were just easing us... The other ones are just the mom version of these. Uh, <laughs> they were easing us in. Like, I'm sure a lot of oh. people made the joke about the logical conclusion of those window knees, and then they were like, yeah, yeah, we're doing it. By joke, you mean <laughs> prophecy. Exactly. Or maybe they just ran out of denim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out the only thing selling these horrible pants is the weird plastic windows. Also, aren't these half the price of the other ones? I believe the other ones were like $200. These are only 100 Oh, I I'm, I didn't read the article, so I don't know how much they. Cost. I just look at the price. Oh, gotcha. I was I was I, you know in the in my shopping cart after I picked up a couple of things <laughs> during this conversation. All right, so I think in conclusion we can say that we recommend you wear proper Johns, but if we're now if yeah. you if I can see a good use for these, okay. I think there is a market for this. While these may not be John's, these are an effective John's poncho. 
And so normally whenever it's raining and you might, you know, wear a trash bag or something over your Johns, because what you desperately don't want is your fancy Johns to get wet. Mm -hmm. And even worse, to get blue all over your fancy, fancy fucking handmade leather Japanese wallet or your Mm -hmm. fancy, fancy fucking leather Italian (laughs) heritage boots. (laughs) Or your fancy legs, you know. I don't care about I mean... I, I wash in my johns, and it definitely does turn your legs blue sometimes, right. so I, I'm okay with that. Oh, all right. That's okay, man. Nobody sees those anyways. I mean, especially in a long wear. <laughs> but if you're in a long wear, you're in the rain, you're going to have to deal with this, man. You don't want to get those things wet. <laughs> Last thing you want in the middle of, like, a year-long long wear is for your jeans to get some water in or on them. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, so you could wear these as like an overcoat, like a poncho for your Johns, but not lose pocket access because obviously these have pockets. Good point. That's why I bought some. (laughs) (laughs) And why all our listeners should too, but make sure you also have a good pair of Johns because you can't go, go through life with just this. This Yeah. You're, you're just wearing... (laughs) That's like wearing a poncho over just your bare chest <laughs> and, and being like, what? It's a shirt? <laughs> That's going to get you kicked out of your sporting event, sir. My nipples are dry. I don't see the problem here. <laughs> it's only acceptable if you also paint them in the respective colors of your local team or team at. Perfect. Yes. And on that note, uh, oh, let me give you a quick update on the longwear situation. I oh, good idea. Yeah, I haven't told you. How anything. deep in are we at this point? It has been quite a while. Uh, well, so I had some bad news. Uh, so oh, last no. time we talked about it, which I think was about two months ago, I said that my johns and my skin had become one in the sand. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, I had to go to the doctor for a general physical. And, uh, and although very understanding, I did some blood tests and the, uh, the Johns have metastasized. Oh God. Is, that, uh, uh... So, uh, so I'm starting to turn to denim. I have patches on my hands now, on my forehead. We well, got the elbow ones in? Those are cool. Yeah. But you could patches. just use a clear paneled, uh, suit jacket or blazers on the elbows and then people could see your denim beneath it and it'd be like you had a denim patch yeah and in the uh in the patches on my elbows do you have some sick fades so there's some benefits oh, to sweet. so the so so the fades are at least coming i mean to some people i think you're living the dream like this is this is what some people have always wanted like you're transcending the limitations of the flesh by becoming something more than a man. Yeah, well... Becoming a denim man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm all for long live the new flesh, and it's pretty sweet, except eventually I'm just going to become some sort of a horrid living doll, at which point I will be unable to edit the podcast anymore. But in the meantime... <laughs> I'll do my best. Keep listening. Keep listening. Stay tuned. Well, that was dark. Yeah. I don't know. I think we salvaged it. I think we, uh... Mm -hmm. Jokes. 
So, uh, so speaking of dark, this week we looked at a uh, fun dark game in that it kind of used a pretty washed out palette called, uh, what's it called again? Gemini Rue. I was about to say, I'm the guy who always forgets the name of this game. <laughs> so, uh... It's called Gemini Rue, as in, you will rue, rue this Gemini, which disappointingly, actually, they do say at the end of the game, or something like that. I don't remember a lot of it. I, I didn't make it to the end of the game. <laughs> Did you have your memory erased? Is that the... Yeah, that might be the problem, like, because I, I played the all through the game a long time ago, and I, I really enjoyed it, and then I went back and watched a quick Let's Play in preparation, it's like, I barely remember any of this. <laughs> it's crazy, like, I don't remember the big twist at the end. <laughs> I know the 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 two guys. Did you still yeah. have like the the cognitive memory and ability to um, do things in the game? So you could like easily complete all the puzzles, but you you don't have any context. You're surprised to see them, but your hands just sort of know the answers. Yeah, I think I think what you're suggesting, Benjamin, is that I played this game in at least two ways. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll explain later, and it's kind of sweet, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so this is a, a Wadget Eye adventure game. Forgive me if I'm I, pronouncing that wrong. Yeah. I would describe it as a Wadget Eye cover-based shooter. <laughs> um, it is... It is as, <laughs> it, it's sort of more of a Advent Guard take sort of spin-off of the popular Gears of War series by Microsoft. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Well, it is as much of a cover-based shooter as I've ever seen an adventure game be. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, uh, I was first introduced to Wajai by their awesome game, the Shiva, or the Sheva. I should really know me, how to pronounce by that. By me, by Benjamin. told you to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> Which is super cool. It's an adventure game where you're a rabbi and uh, and your congregation's kind of falling apart and you get swept into some mystery. And the best thing about it is that whenever you talk to somebody, you can always answer their question in a number of ways, including the rabbinical answer, which is, of course, answering their question with a question. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. I never played that game. I watched you play it a little. Um, it looked really cool. And I would describe this game as cool. If you like a cyberpunk and a cover-based shooter, uh, and you're okay with a slow pace, uh, it's rather methodically paced. Um, yeah. But uh, it's got a good shooting. It's got a good like golfing bar mm-hmm. to shoot them in the head. Yeah, and and that is something that I want to talk about. Like, so this is an adventure game, and uh, and a lot of small. Do you budget. know what it's from? When it's from? It's from uh, yeah. When we were in college, roughly. Okay, so I didn't I like I didn't realize it was that old, but um, it's it's like uh it's from the Wajid I period. Yeah, like when they were really blown up. Yeah, so let's um, say two thousand ten ish. Not entirely okay. sure, but 
Yeah. But it's but it's a throwback to like 1994, 95 right era adventure games. Right, and it's made in this engine that's uh, that's like the adventure game equivalent to Game Maker is for platformers, or uh, RPG Maker is for RPGs. So it's just like the easy way to get up and running with an adventure game. So and yeah, like I would point out all of which have produced like. Not only best-selling, but like incredibly critically acclaimed games at this point. Oh yeah, for Which sure. Is, like I, I would like. Um, I think the. Do you know the name of the adventure game engine? This this thing runs on. Uh, I don't, unfortunately. That would be a great. We will thing find to talk it about, but, yeah. in the break because I'm really interested in that. Let's talk about that later. Okay. C- carry on, but I, I think it's really fascinating, and particularly like. Which ones of these like engines have had real breakout hits? These like designer, like sort of writer and artist more friendly, like uh, designer engines that have come out with some like really fantastic games. At yeah, this point. yeah. I mean, heck, even Twine gets a lot of uh, a lot of critical praise, and that's just following dialogue trees, right? Which is yeah. really interesting. Um. Yeah, and so, like, this game... Oh, also, it's a yeah. PC game. Yeah, if, if, it is. I feel like we should be more, more... Because we pull from, like, sort of all eras and all systems here, we definitely have a PC focus, but it's not at all limited to it. Uh, we should probably explain, in case a person wants to play this game themselves, where they can... It's, you can get it on GOG or Steam um, for, like, 10 bucks, I think, these days. Yeah, and uh, uh, and I think it's Linux, Mac, Windows, but I don't remember for sure. I'm not sure either, but I think it's quite available. I also was the same impression, at least for Mac, so I think it's I think it's very available. Yeah, um, yeah, and so I was kind of impressed that in this adventure game engine, which is you know very meat and potatoes adventure game, talk to a person, grab a thing, put it in a different thing. Uh, they were able to do that combat, which I think is really good. Like, yeah, no, I, I wasn't kidding. Like, I actually <laughs> think it's really quite good. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's totally different than the kind of shooting you do in Halo. Everybody is behind cover. You you can either uh, pop out or you can pop out from behind cover for a second. You can press a button to shoot. And you can uh, breathe in and press the fire button at the right time to do an aimed shot. And everybody is doing all these things randomly. So it's all about timing. It's like you want to do an aimed shot when somebody just popped out before they shot you. right? So it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting system. It's really intense. It feels very much like how people would fight in this world. Like where it's just like one detective guy who's fighting a gang like he's not gonna go out guns blazing he's gonna hide behind stuff and be very conservative it feels really cool when you're doing it somehow like it's kind of bare bones but it, it really does feel very very cool the way what the the combat reminded me most of was actually um Time Crisis, particularly Time Crisis 1 and 2, the uh, arcade light gun games that basically invented cover hiding as being a major mechanic. Um, Like, though you're certainly not using a light gun game, like, light gun, like, it feels very much like that. 
and it really gets the stress of that, I think, very well. Yeah, yeah and it goes really well with the atmosphere. And I'll go ahead and explain here briefly what the game is. So, uh, so it is a setting that is sort of a cross between Cowboy Bebop and Blade Runner. And I feel like the... Uh, That's a great description. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like maybe the author thought it was more of a Cowboy Bebop, and I think it's more of a Blade Runner. It certainly <laughs> looks a lot more like a Blade Runner. Yeah. I've, I've only... like I, How long is the game... Because I don't know how far into it I was. I definitely did not finish it. I did not hit the big twist you even mentioned. Yeah, so I think if you blaze right through it, it'll probably... Which I was not. I was shitting around. Yeah, it'll probably be like two hours. Okay, so I was probably about halfway, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and and you play as two people. Uh, One of them is a grimy detective who's on a world where it's always raining and he's looking for somebody I don't remember what their connection is. I don't remember a lot about this game. But you know, he's wearing a trench coat, he's snooping around, he's trying to figure out what's going on. He's balding, but yeah. like in a compelling way. Yeah. You know, like he's been around the block a, a few too many times probably. Yeah. But, but in a way that's like very hard boiled. Yeah. Like he, he's he's very decorty. And then uh, Decker's pretty pretty young though. That's true. He's got a lot more spunk to him. This guy's this guy's really like slinking around, you know, like he's kind of just well, as far as I am, he's sort of just like this is just a very bad day sort of yeah. he's having. Like Yeah. So uh, so he gets involved in this noir mystery. And then uh and then for half the game you're playing is a different man who is in a uh, compound that you don't really know anything about begin to start out with. You just know that he's had his memory erased. Because he tried to escape, yeah. and he's tried many times. Yeah, and he's being trained in uh, small arms fire and probably other dangerous things. And uh, He's definitely been trained how to, like, Cower behind chest high pillars. Yeah, he's real to good. Locate chest high pillars. <laughs> to shoot around chest high pillars. Yeah, and in uh, his part is escaping from the compound and talking from the other inmates who also don't remember anything. And like it, it has some interesting subplots about how can you trust somebody when they've just been erased recently and you have no idea like whether you know this person already or how you feel about. Them. So that's that's a really cool thing too. It's really cool. I think yeah. I liked his parts more. Yeah. Of what I did, um, I liked both. I just really liked how surly and hard boiled the other guy was. Yeah. <laughs> there was no goo to that yoke at all, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that's the basic idea of it, and you know I think the atmosphere is really good. I think the plot's really good. I think it does a good job of like talking about issues that I've never seen in a video game before. 
Like, uh, like we can get into exactly what the questions are asking. Should we do that now or should we? Do I that think that's a break? great idea. Okay. Um, how do you know how deep we are in? I don't think we're to break yet. Uh, let's see. Uh, we've been recording for a little less than thirty minutes. Well, let's just do a break then. Okay. We'll have a little early this time. Okay, break time. Time for fake evangelist. Do 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 John's cast breaking news News Breaking News Would you spend four hundred twenty-five dollars on jeans with fake mud? I don't know. This just in from Yahoo.com style. Would you spend $425 on jeans with fake mud? And then there's some jeans with fake mud. Uh, maybe. They actually look kind of cool. I mean, yeah. So, like, what we're describing here is, is I mean, for one, we don't want to sell it too hard. Yeah, I think the article, it's title, once again, run on the title here, uh, <laughs> kind of oversells it because these have free shipping. And, you know, that's some, that's a serious discount. So these are probably like $400, all things considered. Because <laughs> they come with free shipping. And you don't have to buy anything else. You don't have to put in a coupon code. You can use this with other coupon codes. So that's additive value, you know. You can't go wrong. Do these look like jeans that would be $400 without the mud? Um, I mean... They look like they're made out of fancier denim. Yeah, denim. <laughs> they're made out of fancier denim than like a Walmart jeans. They're in a very purposefully Walmart cut. Like there's, it would be you'd be hard pressed to find jeans cut this like working class. <laughs> um, made out of this fancy of denim. Um, and they have fake mud just, like, baked into them. And the ones in the picture look cool, like fucked up jeans do. So apparently they're PRPS brand. It's pronounced has, like, perps. Well, so perps has, like, a pretty weird, disturbing logo of, like, a, a like, uh, disabled child. <laughs> like, trying to walk on a crutch, like a 19th century crutch who's, like, got both arms broken and, like, a foot fucked up, which is a really weird thing. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like, that's their whole logo. They don't have, like, a skull. They don't have, like, the horses pulling the jeans. Instead, they don't have, like, letters, words, numbers. They have a giant picture of a disabled 19th century child like hobbling through the street with only a diaper on. Oh, well that's how you get your jeans all muddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently you've took them from this child. That's why he's wearing no pants. Boy, you're a bad person. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, if you buy these, you probably are a bad person. This has been Breaking John's Cast News. <laughs> Wake up. And welcome back to the John's cast. <laughs> oh, am I glad to be here. This is your number one podcast about John's. Remember to like, subscribe, download, rate us on iTunes. Rate us well on iTunes. Give us lots of, lots of stars.
We like stars. I'm all about stars. So, Benjamin, I heard that you have a tale to tell. A tale of Yar, the Black Pineapple. That's the that's the only appropriate intro, Zach. And as funny as this is now, it was really, really upsetting at the time. That's good. So yeah. some of you guys may remember Rami from our last episode. I remember Rami. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Oh, oh Rami. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a story of back when Rami and I used to live together. Um, and it was both of our first apartments, and we were real drunken man babies <laughs> that made a number of, let's describe them as interesting. Oh, that's a, that's a good timer to go off in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's time for a story. It's that time. It's story time. Hooray. Yay. We made a, a number of interesting uh, decisions with our house, mm-hmm. like when Rami threw a flaming Hanum at the wall and uh, scorched it. Uh-huh. Uh, or that time we decided to uh, uh, paint our, our carpet black with the black pineapple. Um, <laughs> so for Rami's girlfriend at the time's birthday, um, we were throwing a birthday party at the house, mm-hmm. and she wanted to like, uh, like I guess like beach tiki themed mm-hmm. like cocktail party. Yeah. Um, which we did. She really wanted a margarita maker. I I think she wanted like a, a like margaritaville margarita maker. Mm-hmm. Um, as like her birthday present from her parents. But they wouldn't buy her one, so she got a blender instead. Okay. <laughs> to serve the same purpose. And so we got shit for, like, you know, like, margaritas, for, like, uh, I mean, the one that, the one, all, like, you know, all the tropical drinks, you know, pina coladas, all the stuff. So we mm-hmm. had, like, we had all the, we, we went to Target and spent, like, a bunch of money on, like, Fruits and mix-ins and booze, you know, and like the little, you gotta get the little umbrellas and the the cherries to put in there and everything, you know. So we got we got all the shit, um, and we had a fun party. Nice. Little did we know something was lurking beneath. <laughs> uh oh. So in the in the drunken haze of this party, I I really skip the details on it because I don't remember them. Um, <laughs> That's a theme uh, of this episode. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we're hitting two key themes in this episode in the story. Uh, in 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 that, uh, so we we went with the canned pineapple juice, which came in these massive cans uh, because it was a lot cheaper than the kind in the bottle, and Rami was buying it. And that's mm-hmm. Rami's way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, apparently we bought two cans, and one of these cans got opened and used up, and one of these cans got opened mm-hmm. and put to the very back of a very, very full refrigerator. Oh, no. <laughs> 
with just, you know, it's metal lid, not totally cut off, loosely draped over uh-huh. it. No, uh, foil. Yeah, no, yeah. uh. Alright. Cut to four months later. <laughs> Jen and Rami have eaten, like, basically everything in the house, uh-huh. and we just bought a ton of groceries because we hate going to the grocery store, so we'll buy hundreds of dollars worth at once and just, like, throw them all in there. Uh huh. When we absolutely run out, and then we order pizza and eat it for every meal for a while, and then run out of that. <laughs> so uh, we we come back with like two hundred and fifty dollars worth of groceries. We roll in. Of course, there's no room from in the fridge, and it's full of like expired shit from last month when we did this. Um, so we're just going through and throwing everything away. We're like, you know, let's go through the whole thing. Rami makes a terrible discovery. <laughs> <laughs> He just goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> as, he's, as he's, like, torso deep in the fridge. And uh, and he's like, we need trash cans, which is never a good sign that you have, like, 20 bags of groceries around, fresh groceries around you you're trying to put in the fridge. Uh, I get a trash bag from our, once again, you may notice a pattern here. You know, just like we went for the canned... Uh, Canned pineapple, we went for, like, the bottom is shelf trash bags. <laughs> this will come to haunt us in the immediate future. <laughs> okay. I grabbed one of the trash bags out of our thing of trash bags. I don't know why I just didn't grab a sack out of our box of sacks <laughs> or a uh, box from our box closet, <laughs> both of which existed in this house, but, um... <laughs> I grabbed one of our brand new trash bags, um, and Rami goes, like, there's pineapple juice from <laughs> birthday party. Oh, God, now we're going to censor it. My ex-girlfriend's birthday party uh, in here, and I'm like, what? And he's like, and it's black and has chunks in it. <laughs> no. As Zach knows, I'm very allergic to mold. Mm-hmm. Um, like, very, very actually allergic to mold, which is a bad situation for us both about to be in. So there is just, like, a a not soup-sized, a large-sized, like, industrialized-sized can of pineapple juice that's been in here for, like, open, uncovered for, like, four months and has turned black and has, like, floating black chunks in it. <laughs> and we're trying to get it in the trash. Rami carefully, delicately places it in this virgin trash bag. I tie off the top, pick it up, march, like, four steps... And Rami's screaming no. I turn around me and there is just a trail of black goo from the fridge. That bag apparently just came, never been used, never once, like came with just holes in it. It was just leaking and there was, it was just, as we saw it, it was just pouring onto the ground. It's so we weird, like running it through the entire house down four flights of stairs. To the dumpster, throwing it away. I enter a severe allergic reaction. Oh, no. Like, trying to... Standing outside, trying to breathe humid air. It's not full of mold. (laughs) 
jump from the balcony into the stairs after I calm down, go go get just a bunch of bottles of bleach and isopropyl alcohol from the local Walgreens. And uh, we had a really unfun time cleaning it up. And it was more than two years after that before I would ever eat a pineapple again. <laughs> Historically, those are one of my favoriteest fruits. And they still are now, but it took years. It's also one of the worst things I've ever smelled in my whole life. And a lot of those stains never went away. Like, whatever the blackness in that pineapple's heart was. Like, the the fucking clear syrup was jet black and was just stained with yeah. the... Oh, that's horrible. The house reeked of alcohol for weeks because we just, like, just was dousing multiple bottles of it into the carpet trying to s- scrub that shit out and just murder whatever was in there. Oh, man. That was that was like slightly after Christmas break the year we lived together. <laughs> Holy cow, man. That's the worst pineapple story I've ever heard, and I've heard some doozies. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that was uh that was Ben and Rami versus the pineapple. Alright. Good story. Sorry about that, uh, name flub. Mm -hmm. Uh, So on a lighter note, identity. If you are a body and your mind gets erased and you're reprogrammed for a particular purpose, are you still the same person? Are you a different person? Is that what all of us experience all the time every day? I don't know. Is this a metaphor for regular life? <laughs> Maybe if you play Gemini Rue, it will kind of address these questions, kind of. I think it addresses them pretty directly. I think it does, like, from what I saw, a really good job. So, like, full disclosure, when Zach picked this game, this is a Zach pick. Mm-hmm. Zach picks. Yeah, which was way overdue. Yeah. Like... You honestly got a couple at this point. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to hate this a lot, but okay, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) I didn't at all. Like, I really did not think I had another point-and-click adventure game in me. Yeah. Like, I played them quite a bit as a child in a pre... I mean, the internet certainly existed, but I did not know it existed and didn't have access to it. Like, I played a lot of the classic LucasArts adventure games, um, which were very old at the time, actually, um, that I just acquired from, like, I don't know, you could acquire uh, those games extremely cheaply for old computers, which I had. And my, my dad was like, oh, this is like a, he's like, he read a lot of, like, technology magazines, like Wired and stuff. And so they would occasionally have things about video games in them. Yeah. And he was like, oh, these are considered, like, historically important and, like, really good. And, like, Benjamin really likes video games a lot, and I can get them for a dollar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, bought all of them, I think, just about. Um, I don't think I ever finished even one because they, I, I was, like, six, Uh and, uh, 
they're really fucking hard and frustrating <laughs> and bullshit in a ton of ways. But they were also like really, really were a huge influence on me as a child where hmm. like I adored them. Gotcha. Um, like Maniac Mansion was my favorite game for a long time. Because uh, it was spooky, bro. And I love spooky. Yeah, it's supposed to also be really cute. I've never played it. It's a, it's kind of funny you grew up failing to play uh, LucasArts games, because I grew up failing to play Sierra games, which is uh, why... Yeah, I, I don't know if yeah. I've ever played a Sierra one at all, actually. Space Quest 3 is pretty good, man. I mean, I, I've heard Zach of Video Games Hot Dog talk about it on podcasts for years. <laughs> um, he he was very into the Space Quest. I think he played them with his dad. He yeah. played a lot of games with his dad, and his dad was a cop. Yeah. Uh, and then, so he, he played a lot of Space Quest and Police Quests. I played, so was, was King's Quest one of these Sierra ones? Cause I played, I had like a collection of King's Quest games and I definitely did play those. Yeah, uh, King's Quest was one of, if not the first game to be like a text-based adventure game that actually had like a protagonist running around on the screen. So it was mm-hmm. kind of a hybrid between being graphical and text-based. And it, uh, kind of works. <laughs> You know, adventure games have come a long way. I played a lot of King's Quest One because yeah. that was just one I had. Yeah, um, I and uh, yeah, I still remember two important things from King's Quest. Uh huh. And that is, if you befriend the ants, you can get them to find the needle in the haystack for you. Uh huh. And that the broken magic wand does not stop the witch from instantly killing you no matter how fast you click it or how many times you try. <laughs> I think all of, I only got as far as open door. And then mm. I got really bored walking through that stupid long hallway. Um, you missed out on the ants, bro. Yeah, that's, that's really cute. Uh, but yeah, so getting oh, back to uh, Gemini Rue, uh, adventure games have come a long way since the early 90s in terms of telegraphing what you're supposed to do and being nice to you and, like, giving you... This was a yeah. lot less awful yeah. than I expected it to be. Yeah, like, you're not supposed to be frustrated. It doesn't need to be padded out by making puzzles really hard to solve. Right? It's really very story-centered, which I think is... To its huge benefit. Yeah. I mean, this is the secret that has re-kicked off the adventure game sort of renaissance. We're kind of in now. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're even coming out of. It's been it's been going for like a half decade now or yeah. something. But like the the revival of these games on Kickstarter through, um, I mean, The Walking Dead was the real poster child for this. But it was like. Wonder if these games weren't horrible and didn't hate you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny how far you can get with player centered game design instead of uh... <laughs> I, like instead of worrying about the PC game rental market. Uh-huh. 
or uh, or how many quarters you have to spend or whatever. So I learned something really interesting in Retronauts. Um, so, like, did you know that on average uh, NES-era Japanese games weren't as hard because renting was illegal in Japan? So that, I did know yeah. this because of from, from Metal Gear lore. Oh, really? Um, because part of the reason, like, Metal Gear is one of the most important NES games, even outside of, like how huge Metal Gear Solid and the Metal Gear Solids have been just as far as like being by radically, radically super, super like ingenuitive for the console and like super, super developmentally important for all kinds of genres. Cause like it was so, it makes like, it makes Metroid and Zelda look like a real caveman game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got so much going on. It's way, way, way more complicated than I can just about think of anything on the NES. Yeah, like, and, uh, and it was easier in Japan, but it, I expect. It was originally a Japanese, like, computer game yeah, it, well, release. I'm, I'm not, I've never been clear whether it's called the MSX something, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's of that era. It's one of those, and it was it was one of those. And um, when they were porting it to the NES, both in Japan, like made it a little harder. Yeah. Because they couldn't like I think it was like they couldn't even fit all the content on the cart, mm-hmm. so like they decided to make it some parts of it harder. Um, but then for the U.S. release, they, like, cranked up the difficulty of just, like, how much health everybody has and, and, like, stuff like that, like, four or five fold to the point where, like, Kojima, like, just was like, yeah, this was not what this game was supposed to be like. I'm sorry (laughs) that they did this. I had nothing to do with it. That was not what this... That's fine. To the point, like, it, it makes the game a very different game, and that also was very historically important in the history of video games. But, like, hearing, hearing about that is how I learned about, like, this being a really constant and common thing of, like, why some games are just, like, ridiculously, and it carries over into the Super Nintendo era, too, especially of non-saving Super Nintendo games. Like, the the American ports will often just have like crippling, like game makes these games so much worse in almost all cases. <laughs> like just impossibly hard video, like just in, impossibly hard like adjustments in the laziest ways of just like ah oh, you have to jump on them four times now instead of two. Like <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But, uh, yeah, so Gemini Rue again. Really good. I think the story's really cool. The questions that it asks are cool. I remember really liking the twist, even though I had my mind erased, so I don't remember what it is. <laughs> but that's probably the most perfect way to experience it, honestly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's super cool. I'm glad we talked about it. It's also, like not boring. Like, my biggest complaint about it is I wish it was less voice acted. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, the main character like, so, like, of the two main characters, the, like, hard-boiled cop one, it just, 
everything he says is voice acted and he's a good voice actor. Like, but any object and any interaction you try to do with anything is voice acted. Like the other protagonists, like basically anything you do, it's like on path is voice acted, huh. which is kind of weird. And like a huge number of people you just talk to on the street have shockingly bad voice actors <laughs> that wish they had none at all instead. Yeah, that's kind of a shame. And, like, very obviously things are recorded in multiple locations. Yeah. Like, the the background noise is very, very different. Like, I'm not trying to be, like, a real butthole about this stuff. Um... But, like, it seemed very noticeable without, like, looking for it to me. That said, like, I was, I was, I saw this game, I was like, as much as I used to like adventure games, like, I really don't think I have one that's not, like, a Walking Dead or something in me. Like, I don't think I have a classic one of these left in me. I think I might play this more. Actually, like, (laughs) after, like, I actually was really, really liking it. Oh, cool, man. One of the most ingenuitive cover-based shooters in a long time. <laughs> that it certainly is. Um, so uh, one quick note. We said we were going to look up what the engine is that uh, this game is written in. It's written in Adventure Game Studio, which uh, according to Wikipedia is most known for Wajidai games, including uh, the, the Sheva in this game. So, including Gemini Rue. Yep. So there we go. <sighs> All right. Do you want to talk about that more, or are we down to concluding segments? Uh, so I'm fine either way. Yeah, let's. Uh, I don't have anything else. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then uh, wrap it, and then we'll do our our uh, critically acclaimed, much anticipated review segment. So stick around. And uh, well, sick. Yeah, and go back to sleep. Go to sleepy now. Bye and good night. Alright. Are we not doing that again? <laughs> no. No, no. Everything is oh. bro- my my perception is broken. All my perceptions of humanity are broken. No, that was that was just the cyberpunk future in which we punch glass. Oh, okay, gotcha. At least miners get paid a lot. Yeah, that's true. They, they get paid a lot for punching all that glass. <laughs> and hand, Mining glass. And hand doctors. Job. Hand doctors make a ton of money. <laughs> and punch I remember it said that miners make $2,400 per hour. That's true. Starting wages. Yeah. Um, which, which made me... Uh, reconsider my career uh, uh, really you should be working as a miner in the future after there's uh, <laughs> after there's a thousand percent inflation and then you make a lot more money well somebody who's about to make zero uh, money for their job uh, that would be a big upgrade yeah, to me yeah, so very good um so anyway welcome back to the john's cast the number one podcast about john's and the best one. Yep. And uh, let's look in our mailbag. So, as you recall, uh, last episode, Rami asked the audience a question, what should mm-hmm. I eat? 
And mm-hmm. uh, for a response, pulling it up real quick. To do. Uh, so this is an email from cast.market. And in response to Rami's question, it says, Hi, I wanted to introduce you to a new tool for podcasters. It's called cast.market, and it helps you track important information, etc., etc. So in conclusion, Rami should eat uh, spam. I, I mean, I'm getting hungry already. Yeah, by the way. I can way, almost smell it. By the way, thank you to Cast Market for telling us for free that our podcast peaked on March 23rd, 2017, is the 133rd highest ranked U.S. fashion and beauty podcast on iTunes. That's astonishingly <laughs> high. All things considered, I am honestly really shocked. Um, <laughs> Me too. We've been going downhill since then, though. We gotta, we gotta get that one hundred thirty. What, what do you know? What back. episode that was? We should. Uh... It was probably episode one, given it was it was way back in March. Or excuse me, episode seventeen. Let's <laughs> say. I think episode one goes way back. That's even with including episode zero goes way way back earlier than that. That's true. Episode zero would be a good one to add to the ARG. That's true, but, you know, it's a hidden mystery. We recorded those before we had our minds erased, so I don't even know anymore. Thankfully, we recorded them, so your mind doesn't need to. (laughs) Wow, that's kind of profound, Ben. Maybe there's really a, a podcast inside all of us. In contemporary philosophy of mind... Uh, this would be described as an externalist view of mind Ooh. in which uh, things outside of the brain are part of the mind, usually technological objects, but uh, need not be. That's super cool. Yeah. Nice. Basically our podcast, like and subscribe. <laughs> so, uh, well, well I'll have to... Uh, I have to tell Rami he got a sweet answer to his question of what he should have eaten mm-hmm. and uh, that he should uh, like and subscribe and find out uh-huh. uh, once this is released. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Benjamin, do you have a question for our audience this week? I most certainly do. And it leans in heavy to uh, my story I told today. Uh-huh. So what do you guys believe to be the most dangerous fruit? Mm, that's a very good question. I mean, you know my answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a good one. Should I say it? Go for it. So my answer is durian. Because... I, that was my guess. I was like, <laughs> you go in the stench, you go in durian? <laughs> because, you know, sometimes people eat, handle... Uh, otherwise interact with durian, and I don't understand... Especially when they're in Borneo. (laughs) And I don't understand why, because, you know, it's horrible. It's it's like my own black pineapple juice, but it's like that fresh. Anyway. (laughs) It's, uh, according to orangutans, it's the best smell ever. (laughs) 
Oh, so, uh, so our old friend, uh, what's his name? Esau, he would really like, he would really like durian. Yeah, Esau, very, even more into durian soup than the lentils. <laughs> like, <laughs> he would have sold his birthright and his pants for durian. So, like, I know a, lot, a number of international students <laughs> in the, in the U.S., um, where I work and study. And um, in in contemporary times, like durian is still like a not infrequently eaten and very much like a, a treat, but not like a like a pretty common treat um, for a lot of cultures, in particularly Southeast Asia um, and the world today. And a lot of these people have like really miss it and have a lot of trouble getting it in the major city I live in because it's so strong smelling and considered despicable in the US it's it's very uncommonly sold um even in it's possible to get it here but like it's a it's it's very hard to acquire even even in one of the biggest cities in the US with a huge international population um because it smells so strong it's it's really hard to deal with which is why you should back our Kickstarter, because the reward for hundred plus dollars is a durian. <laughs> I was gonna say, was it was it was a, a YouTube video of Zach and I eating a durian? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's even better. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of just shipping people durians. I think that's that's, that's really the good. that's I hear that's extremely hard to do. Maybe that should be like the four hundred dollar reward. Oh, that's how you get right. to like. Eat one with us on Skype. We send it to you, and we'll eat it together on Skype. Well, why wouldn't you? I would totally do it for four hundred dollars. Like, if you're interested, you write in. Where do people write in with answers to this or anything else? Uh, they write into Johnscast at gmail dot com. That's J A W N Z C A S T at gmail dot com. And seriously, for four hundred dollars. Like, uh, let me know. Um, I'll see if maybe we can arrange some durian eating for us, uh, like, depending on where you live. And I haven't actually ever tried to buy some, so I can't make any promises, but. I know a guy. I think I know a guy. And, I mean, I can eat it outside. It's fine. <laughs> it's not illegal yet. Uh, alright. Oh, okay, so now it's time for our much-anticipated, oh, much-beloved review segment. Review segment. And so uh, this week's review, as prognosticated by Rami last time, is a review of Rami. All right. So, Zach, yeah. dial in our usual scores. All right. Graphics, 10 of 10. Rami looks just like... He's very lifelike, very well 3D rendered. I've I've seen oh, him. I've seen his so animations. True. It's beautiful. He can actually change clothes well on camera, which is something you know. And does all the time. Yeah, which is something most characters can't do. Uh, what's next? Sound design. Uh, yeah. Uh, seven of ten. I think he did a pretty good job recording. I think he tells funny stories. Uh, high on obscenity? Yeah, high on obscenity, high on uh, 
Annunciation? No, uh, emoting. High on emoting, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, gameplay. How's, how's gameplay? Uh, I'm trying to think if we've ever played. Well, so I've played Smash with him, and he's kind of really obnoxiously better at it than me. So, like, 9 of 10 gameplay. He also plays dirty. Yeah. So, like, 9 of 10 gameplay objectively, but I give him a 1 of 10 because I'm bitter. <laughs> it's a 1 out of 10. Yeah, and uh, replayability, 10 of 10. Hope I get to hang out with him again someday. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, I'll forget some of them. I'm going to start with graphics, but lead me on for the next because I'll forget which ones I haven't done. All right. Uh, so graphics, I'm also going 10 out of 10. This is one of the best-looking VR games I've ever played. <laughs> uh, absolutely, unbelievably real. Very 3D. Mm-hmm. Like this guy, not 2D at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I hate that. Mm-mm. Ugh, 2D. SNK shit for life, am I right? <laughs> yes. Uh, sound what's design? sound, sound? Yeah. Uh, fair to Midland. You know, like, he's, Rami's a funny motherfucker, but mm-hmm. I put that more in gameplay. Okay. His voice is not displeasing. Okay. I would describe it as definitively not displeasing. Uh, so I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10 sound. Great. Uh, gameplay? Gameplay? Yeah. Gameplay. Uh, dirty fucker edge garden <laughs> diddy playing <laughs> shit fuck. <laughs> Yeah. I'll fuck you in your con. <laughs> I hate you so much. Zero out of ten. Um, <laughs> and replayability. <laughs> replayability? Oh, Rami's great, and he's in it for the long haul. Ten out of ten. You know, you, you keep playing it, Rami. You get some Rami, you keep coming back for more. I mean, who else is going to soft, you know, ease, ease my underwear in? So, uh, thanks, Rami. All right. <clears throat> Well, thanks, guys. Uh, Tune in in two weeks for our next awesome review segment, along with the other garbage that we do. Wasn't there a new segment I was trying to trump up in this? I don't don't know. It was during the break. I've forgotten it. Uh, I guess it wasn't that cool if I've forgotten. (laughs) So, yeah, reviews, man. Those are great. Yeah, uh, and uh, and keep your brains clean if you've uh, if you've had your mind washed recently. Uh, maybe download our podcast again and uh, and refresh your memory. And you know, never know. Maybe you'll get one of the rare intros. I mean, you know, we only put out three per cast, and you know, so you got about a one in. I mean, it depends on who's who's all downloading. Yeah. But uh, it's not the first three. I'll no. tell you that. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to want a couple downloads. You'll know. Just keep listening through that intro, deleting, re-downloading. <laughs> You'll find one eventually. All right. Uh, bye, kids. And remember, it's always raining. Somewhere. Whoosh. Ha <laughs> ha
You should leave the ending laughing. That was good. <laughs>